Resilience is one of the biggest things. Just because something's not going right doesn't mean it's game over or that you're not doing a good job. It's just going, okay, how can I make that better next time? And it's okay. So resilience, that come to mind. But for me, how I do it is I have a Friday where it's to myself. Now, at first, I found that really hard. I found it found it selfish. And I think when you're navigating the new platform of self-love, the word selfish will come up all the time. Oh, I can't do that, but someone needs me or I could um, I could be doing this now or doing that now. Actually quietening that down and giving yourself a whole day, which is what I do on Fridays, and that's even with my kids and my business, I'm no hat on a Friday. I'm not a business owner. I'm not a mother. I'm not a friend. I'm simply navigating what I feel I need that day on that week. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week, the extraordinary Kate Langford joins us. This amazing woman is living proof that as a woman, you can have your cake and eat it too. She has grown her business from a garage startup to a multi-million dollar company, all while raising her three children and maintaining a social life. Not only is this woman passionate about encouraging people to find the job they love, she also wants to empower and educate women on how they can find that balance. So often, she believes women are told they need to make sacrifices to either chase a career or family life. But she is determined, as you'll hear today, to change that outdated mindset and show women why and how they can have it all. After over 15 years working in the recruitment and HR industries around Australia and becoming certified in HR business management and counselling, Kate came to a point in her life that she felt she had a lot more to give. So this amazing soul has designed Kate Lankford Career Consulting. She is also helping people with their own careers and how to change that, but also Career Consulting is helping recognize as one of the top career coaching companies in Australia. Here's the key, transforming lives from toxic work environments, feeling unappreciated, being underpaid, lacking career growth opportunities, or just not loving the job, to creating roles that are designed specifically for career seekers and their lifestyle. I know you're going to love today's conversation. We dive deep into the what, the why, the how. And because she has just launched her beautiful book, Have Your Cake and Eat It Too, A Modern Businesswoman's Guide to Success, I just thought it was so appropriate that we had this beautiful soul on the show as we head into the latter half of this year. Cannot wait to hear your thoughts and comments. She's a powerhouse. She's beautiful inside and out. And I know you're going to be uplifted by her stories and her experience. Please leave your comments and feedback on my Instagram page, Kim Morrison and the number 28, Facebook, Kim Morrison Training, or head on over to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast. We're on all the podcast platforms. Your five-star rating means the world and helps other delicious souls like you find this podcast easily. Hope you have a wonderful week. Enjoy today's show. Take care be kind. It is an absolute delight and honor each and every week for me to have an exquisite guest on the Self Love Podcast. And this week is no different. The incredible Kate Langford. What a soul. What an incredible woman. You're in for an absolute treat today. Welcome to the show, beautiful Kate. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. 
Well, I'm holding your little book in my hand. And before we get into how to have your cake and eat it too, which I absolutely love, I'd just love you to take us back. What got you into this whole line of work that you're doing? Where are you from? Who is Kate Langford? Well, just had my 40th. So I am 40 at, as we record this. Um, I've got three beautiful kids, a three-year-old, a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old. Born and bred Sunshine Coast, although moved away to Brisbane and Mackay and Billa Wheeler and travelled the world buying a one-way ticket and came back three years later and all the things. So I've experienced a lot of things. I've skydived. I've, yeah, been married and divorced before and all the things. So, um, you know, my background in the career world is about 15, 16 years in managing my recruitment businesses and HR. And for me, you know, being in that industry for such a long time, it was always about the employer. And I noticed, you know, I was placing a lot of people in jobs and it just kind of started to get to me after 16 years where, you know, it was really about the employer and not so much about the employee as much. And so I saw a bit of a a gap there in the market and, you know, I'm quite an integral uh, human, very honest and to the point and no fluff, which you'll soon find out. Um, But I really found my place in wanting to make a difference and, and helping people to find their true passion and their true calling and And that's where Kate Langford Career Consulting was born uh, five years ago, back in 2018. Um, I started my business leaving a a career with two kids under three and zero dollars in the bank in my garage all by myself and then have scaled that business to, yeah, now five years in um, and started Kate Langford Business Consulting, which is now helping other people to start their own business from nothing or leaving the corporate industry and starting their own jam and finding their own passion and, and how to scale that without needing a whole lot of savings and how to do that with having children and having self-love and time for yourself and um, all the things, which is why the title of the book is Have Your Cake and Eat It Too. Well, this is a pretty massive you know, CV when you think about it. What I love most, and certainly reading through your book, is the fact that your personal stories just add such validity to everything. I particularly loved, and this is going to appeal to each of our listeners, the part where your dad offered to pay you $500 a week for you to just get going. But the part in you that's a real leader and an independent force in herself struggled with that. Now, some people listening would go, oh, take the money, Kate. Could you talk us through why that was such a challenge for you and then how you navigated through that? What a question, Kim. That's amazing. So, yeah, look, it's not – I – you know, got my first job when I was 14 and nine months. So I think I was always that go-getter and wanted to earn my way. Um, You know, my parents, they were amazing parents and they had to work hard for everything that they had. And I think that came through with my work ethic at washing windows at Domino's at such a young age. But when I, you know, my dad did say to me, Kate, what's it going to take to start your own business? And I said, well, you know, I have two little kids, I have a mortgage and, you know, my husband earns money, too, earns money as well, but not enough to cover that. Um, and yeah, he said, you know, I'll, I'll pay that. And, you know, he's a pensioner and, and yeah, they don't have loads and loads of money. So I've come from that place of having to earn everything. So I think when he said that, um, I found it really hard to say yes at first, but I also knew that it was bigger than me. It was bigger than me with what I was trying to create. And I think in life, if you, you know, it's great to be 
you know, someone who wants to earn everything themselves and never take a hand, but, and, and I am that human. However, there is a time and a place in life that I think you need to really sit down and say, you know, I actually need this help in order to make a difference. And, and it's about, for me, it was about others, right? So that's my driving force. And if I was to really help people, then I had to take this hand and you have to put that ego down and you have to put that imposter down and you have to say, do you know what? I actually need this help right now. And so taking that was tough. It was hard, but I think it was also a driver, Kim, for me to say, well, I'm not going to let him down. I'm going all in with this. And I think that's really been a part of my driver now is to to be able to get out there and, and do it. Um, because it was not just about me, it was about about helping others. So I think, um, you know, and that comes with time and maturity, but definitely you need to take a hand in times of, you know, within life uh, from others. And I think if you go too hard the other way and you say no to anyone helping you, then you've probably got to really check in and say, well, is that an ego thing or is that you know, what's that actually about? So it, it is a huge growth piece. Um, one I was very glad I took, but rode that wave internally for sure. I bet, I bet. You know, they say many of us have only two motivation strategies. One is away from pain and one is towards pleasure. Mm. You talk about that in the book about business. We're either running from something or we've got a burning desire to do something. Is that similar? And if so, why do you, what do you mean exactly when someone who's worked the corporate life now or perhaps they've been doing other things now decide, I have to do this business? What is that motivation and why do you think there's those two camps? Yeah, look, I, I definitely do say running from something or it's a passion. I think when you've been working and, and some of you listening to this might be in a job that you're you know, frustrated in or it's a toxic boss or toxic environment or you don't have the challenge or you're doing it just to make the money to serve your family, you actually lose yourself in that sometimes where it becomes that groundhog day and you're going, oh, yeah, I'm getting up and I'm doing the motions of life. If you then decide that you want to start your own business because you're over that and you're frustrated with that and you're done with working for someone else, there's a little bit more anger behind that normally I would call that running from something. So going to start your own business because you're just tired or over something else. That's the run. Now, I think people, when you start business, uh, especially, you know, it needs to come from that desire to want to make a difference or the desire and burn inside you that you've really got to do this calling or this passion or this natural piece that's, you know, natural fulfillment within you that you're wanting to do. And I think starting a business when you're in that mindset is where the success will come from. Running from something um, will not always end in success, unfortunately, for business because of that, um, you know, piece that you need to probably still work through and find out, well, actually, what do I want? That self-love around what is it that lights me up? What is it that I deserve once you find that inner peace and that inner guidance, then you can go and find that passion to fly. But running from something, I think, um, yeah, it, it won't fulfill that. Yeah, it might get you started, but it's certainly not long term, is it? No. I'm, I'm curious then, you've mentioned it a couple of times, our ego or our, maybe it's a, a critical, an inner critic kind of challenging us. I know it's there to protect us at times, but it can also um, get in the way, for want of a better word, of reaching our fulfillment or living our dreams. In your humble opinion, how do you take yourself out of the equation? How do you actually 
put that ego or that person on hold? Or do you listen to it and see what gems there are? How do you manage that inner critic? Well, self-awareness, and that takes a lot of time, you know, whether it's counselling or psychology or surrounding yourself with the right friends or the wrong friends. I mean, that's just growth, inner self-growth of wanting to be better, wanting the mirror, wanting to grow. Um, And I'm, I'm harping on that word want, I think. When you are in denial or you're deflecting or um, blaming others, that's not the healthy space to be in. I think that's where the ego is grown when you can get into that place of, you know, acceptance or vulnerability or or really facing that mirror, that's that's where that can come from. And I think it's remembering your why is a really huge piece, um, you know, in navigating that. And, yeah, self-awareness is is so huge. And, and it's okay to not be right. It's okay to not be completely all right all the time. Um, vulnerability is a huge piece for an ego. Um, it's literally you put sprinkles of vulnerability on ego and it just quietens down straight away. So, you know, there's a lot of experience that's come behind that, um, a lot of loss, a lot of navigating, a lot of um, reflection of, you know, sometimes it's really hard for people to sit down and go, hmm, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. Not it's happening to me, but actually what's the common denominator? And and that's you. And sometimes for people, that's really hard to go, wow, okay, there's a common theme here that's happening for me. What can I do to make this better? Um, and just take one step at a time. But it is being confronted with yourself in the mirror, but doing that with love as well, you know, because we aren't perfect and we aren't always getting it right, but it's wanting to be better. That actually really helps, um, I think, to, to love yourself. It's such beautiful points to bring up because it's very hard to love ourselves when we're trying to do something, raise kids, maybe go through challenges, divorce, family, illnesses, friendships, all of these things that are, there's not just one, you know, moment as a woman and man who's in business. And so it's very hard sometimes to get into flow when you're in such need and demand from other people, including tiny people called your children. (laughs) How on earth have you stayed in that flow? How have you preserved that flow without falling into ego or negativity or critiquing yourself and still showing up as a mum? How do you do this? How do you have your cake and eat it all, Kate? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's in that book that is 200 and something words, so I'll try and condense it in a couple couple of things. I think the first thing that comes to mind is... Oh gosh, there's so many of them. Resilience is is one of the biggest things, you know, like just because something's not going right doesn't mean it's game over or that you're not doing a good job. It's just going, okay, how can I make that better next time? And it's okay. So, I mean, there are a few words um, that come to mind, resilience. But for me, how I do it is I have a Friday um, where it's to myself. Now, at first I found that really hard. I found it found it selfish. And I think when you're navigating the new platform of self-love, it's, you know, the word selfish will come up all the time. Oh, I can't do that, but someone needs me or I could um, I could be doing this now or doing that now. Actually quietening that down and giving yourself a whole day, which is what I do on Fridays, and that's even with my kids and my business, I'm no hat on a Friday. I'm not a business owner. I'm not a mother. I'm not a friend. I'm simply navigating what I feel I need 
that day on that week. So some weeks, for example, it might be that I get up, I go to the gym, I come home, I have a sleep for an hour. I might watch a bit of Netflix, might go to the movies either by myself, or I might catch up with a friend randomly, spontaneity, which is, is you know, something that I actually am. Um, but at work and as a mum and all those things, you've always got, got things going on. So that day to me is like, I'll feel that vibe on who I feel like if I need to see anybody, I'll pick up the phone. And if they're free, they're not, uh, they are, if they're not, then that's fine too. Um, but I go with that flow on a Friday to allow my body to recoup, to feel what it needs. And therefore I'm able to turn up better in all of those other areas because I feel recharged. So that's really, um, the secret. And and a lot of people, oh, well, I can't have a day off. I've got to work or I've got to do this. And, And I get that, but actually putting that day first to be able to do all those other things better is critical. And, and I only work three days and I say only, but I work three days a week, but I cram that work in the three days. So I'm present in everything I do. And that's the other secret, Kim, is you're present. So I'm present when I'm at work. I'm present when I'm with my team. I'm present when I'm with my kids. I'm present when I'm with my friends. And so I'm all in with whatever area I'm doing at the time, which gives me richness to be able to not be trying to do all different things at once. Um, and it's not nailing it all at once at the same time. It's being present in in each aspect as you're there. So that would probably be big parts of it. I love it. I love it because it's that part of us, if we can remember that as we're going through this journey of entrepreneurship or solopreneurship or owning a business, it ultimately is a long, it's the long haul and it requires commitment to yourself and also patience is a word that comes up a lot for me. And I'm one of these people that wants it all yesterday. So it's very challenging sometimes to just take its time and allow it to be what it is. Something interesting that I wanted to touch point on, and I know you mentioned this in the book as well, but money has a very different uh, energy, meaning. Um, It has certainly different connotations associated to it, depending on your upbringing or your interpretation of the word money. Mm -hmm. I find it fascinating that there's words like filthy rich, stinking rich, dirty rich, like there seems to be these oxymorons around um, being wealthy or having wealth. You mentioned selfishness, and I also want to add guilt to that because it seems to be a word that comes up. Is it possible for everybody to actually have a a very powerful, positive association to money as a businesswoman or an employee? How do we cultivate that? And why is money such an important part of our life process? Oh, that's huge because I've actually had money blocks my whole life and I'm only just coming through the other side of that, if I'm I'm really honest. And it's, you know, money is such, you know, seen as a dirty word. Um, and, I, you know, I think it really comes back down to your self-worth um, and, and the worth of, of money in general, I think. Um, I don't do my business for money, Kim, and I know a lot of people out there would probably say BS to what I'm saying, but genuinely I go from my gut to my head and money comes naturally should I be in the right area with what I'm supposed to be doing. Now, that that's quite a huge thing I'm saying there, a huge statement. It's about trust. But for me, when I'm in flow and doing what comes comes naturally and is good for me, and I always teach people to be working from their genius zones because the money naturally comes, then money isn't something that's at the forefront of my mind that drives me every day. It supplements what I'm doing and therefore grows naturally. So there's a lot behind what I'm saying there, and I can't do that in 45 minutes, but it's... um. 
it's all in in the mindset around money and and how you see that if you need if money comes from scarcity and you've got that feeling of scarcity with money to be able to live then i find that is quite blocked if you everyone can live within their means and then naturally do what you love and then just watch the momentum fly and don't self sabotage that either and just allow it to flow and come um it, it just does and and i know they're just words and i there's so much more evidence i'd love to bring to this conversation but it really is just about being in your flow authentically with what comes natural to you, with what lights you up, with giving and receiving and not blocking it and not putting, um, you know, the self-sabotage in there for yourself. Um, yeah, and just just being happy. And it sounds corny and cheesy, but there's so much flow behind that word money. I could talk all day about it. It is, and it's such a beautiful thing because, I was. I remember hearing someone say many years ago that it is an energy, it's an exchange. Mm. And I have tested it at times where giving away free things does not have the same value as even just charging $5 for something. And sometimes putting your prices up $1 to $2 makes a big difference on the bottom line, but it's not so much for the customer, yet we have such an attachment to everything and the thoughts and the feedback and the comments that come your way when you do change things. How have you learned in your career how to not only manage living within your means, but then also growing your wealth? You've got a multi-million dollar business now. And how do you actually teach your staff, your team, your children, the power, the grace and the appreciation of money? You know, I think with money, for me, it's about earning. So I... You know, and even this is a block as I'm talking out loud about it, you know, which is very normal. It doesn't matter what level you're at. Everyone feels the imposter and and all of that. So, I mean, I started at a low price point in my business and now, you know, I charge over a 1000 an hour and, and like seriously, five years ago, there's no way I would have been able to be comfortable with that. But I'm now looking at the lives that I change and um, and and I back myself. And when I back myself and when I'm able to say, oh, by the way, it's this, it doesn't come out shaky. It doesn't come out like I'm trying to justify myself. I say the price point and I'm quiet because I back what I do and I know I can change that life through it. So it's backing yourself and backing the value and knowing your worth is, is absolutely um, a key part. But another thing, Kim, is leaning into the fact that it's uncomfortable but doing it anyway. So it's it's going, oh, there's something coming up there. The real power of money and how you feel about charging your worth is that you feel it come up, you process it, and you do it anyway, and then it gets easier and easier and easier. And before you know it, you're at your next level up. So, you know, being uncomfortable and doing it anyway is one thing, and that's what I've done probably, you know, with my business, starting at, you know, $1.99 an hour, which I thought was ridiculous, um, when I first started career coaching, you know, with, even with 16 years experience and, you know, credibility and really writing down for yourself, um, why can I do this? How can I do this? What makes me great at doing this? And really asking yourself those questions will actually really help you to valid- validate your price point. Um, but yeah, and then moving up to where I am now. And I guess with my kids, I mean, Leroy, he's only nine and he is already a natural entrepreneur. And he was saying to us on the weekend, oh, you know, mum, I really want to save for this bike. And I'm like, okay, mate, no worries. You know, what have you got to do? He's like, well, I can't work yet. I'm saying, great. Well, how about, you know, if you want to do extra mowing, we'll charge $5 for the back and $5 for the front. Um, and he was like, righto. And so over the weekend, he made himself $20 from doing all of these chores. So it was 
you know, teaching our kids the concept of working to earn and then um, he's proud of himself for that. You know, another thing is when all three kids, my kids were born, we opened up an account and we put $5 in each week. That's all we put in and, you know, they... um, you know, when they're 18, they have to see us about it. But we've, we've, Jay and my husband and I have decided, well, you know, if they want to go to uni or they want to have a car um, or, or they want to travel, one of those three things, then they have to save up half and we'll match the other half with that money that's been put aside for them. So it's about not expecting and it's about earning it, but also um, challenging yourself. And, and I think we're always learning lessons when it comes to money, but it's talking about it. It's leaning into being uncomfortable. Um, and yeah, and yeah, just being proud of who you are about it. I love this. And I think it's such a beautiful conversation because um, selfishness, guilt, feeling a fear over the money is mm. actually, it seems to be one of the biggest blockers for so many. And yet it's such an exquisite exchange. And the more money someone like you earns, the more you're able to create programs. So I just want to digress a little bit here now. You talk a lot about the importance of taking care of ourselves and making sure we can have our cake and eat it too. But that requires a lot of energy, dear Kate, and it requires a lot of self-care and it requires a lot of time and effort put into making sure you're at your best. What would you say you do for yourself to look after your health and well-being so that you are the best mum, business owner, wife, friend? Yeah, look, there's a few things there. I think, you know, this is going to sound weird, but the basics is sleep and water. (laughs) Um, So every day I'm making sure that I'm constantly either sipping water or having healthy snacks. Um, I do meal preps every Sunday. I have a beautiful routine when it comes to that. Um, I also go to the gym four times a week. So it's just a non-negotiable to be at the gym on the same days every week. Um, I also have uh, like I walk with a friend on a Saturday, so, you know, we'll just walk and have chats. Um, I'll have my date nights. Um, I'll have one-on-one time with each of the kids. So I'm really big on doing the basics right, which is the gym and the the sleep and the water. Like I struggle with not having sleep. So uh, when our three-year-old wakes up, my beautiful husband actually gets up and goes and sees him because he knows that in order for me to be able to function, that interrupted sleep, I can't get back to sleep being a typical entrepreneur. Um, I need need him to help me with that. And, and again, I don't feel guilty about that. With the first two kids, I did get up all through the night and I struggled. So I had to navigate, well, actually, I am that human that needs sleep in order for me to be able to do those things. So Having that routine, having the non-negotiables, um, sitting at the dinner table every night and and that fills my tank, you know, that self-love and, and cooking for my family is something that I love, which again is a part of self-love. So, you know, just the basics of health. Um, I get a massage. I get uh, Cairo when I need. Um, so I, I used to feel guilty about spending money on myself that way, but that's honestly a massive part of it. I don't go, oh, I could buy my kids that instead of the Cairo appointment or, you know, I should be doing this now and I can't go and, you know, have a girls' night and just have some fun and dancing because I should be doing this and should be doing that. So I think the key word is should. Um, You've really got to eliminate that from your vocab. I completely agree. It is really, all of this is an act of self-care and to care for oneself and to make sure one's is a priority and putting all of those things in place, that is the ultimate gift of self-love. What is your definition of self-love? 
my definition would, would be something very similar to that. It's um, putting myself first in order to care for others um, in any way um, that I can that is not at the detriment to anyone around me. So I think, well, is someone going to die if I do this? And if the answer is no, then it's actually a priority <laughs> for me. So, um, you know, I think, well, what's the worst case scenario if I don't do this? And nine times out of ten it will be um that I'll be letting things slip and eventually before you know it, you're three, six months and you're nearing a burnout. So self-love is about putting yourself first without guilt in order to serve you and then ultimately others. Well, I think that is one of the most beautiful uh, descriptions of it because what I also took from that wasn't just putting yourself first in order to care for others, but you also put a caveat on that that it wasn't at the detriment of others. And that's where a lot of people can let themselves down. And women in particular are very good at sabotaging, or should I say becoming martyrs mm-hmm. to perhaps even becoming walked all over or taken advantage of. So being in a job of service and being in the work of helping others, is there a fine line for you where you don't get taken advantage of? Are you recognizing that more the older you get, the wiser you get? Is there a certain thing you've noticed throughout your career that really stopped you from being used to now becoming the best version of yourself and also putting boundaries in place? so much, Kim. This is like one of the biggest things that I've learned. I was literally writing down boundaries before you even said it. So you're on my page. Um, I think boundaries is absolutely critical. And it's the power of saying no, which I literally do talks on. The power of saying no is huge. And at first, it's tough and it gets easier and easier. But in the end, you have the ones that aren't right for your life fall away because of that. And you have the ones come in and power you more because they respect and see where your priorities actually are. So, you know, the power of saying no is a big thing. Um, yeah, boundaries. And yeah, I just, I just think it's everything, the power of saying no. I used to feel guilty about it but it's actually enabled me to elevate and actually bring the right people in into my life a lot and therefore a lot richer in in regards to to that feeling of yeah self love acceptance i'm okay if i don't think do things perfectly um and you know when the energy comes into your life with the wrong people or the wrong clients or all of that cuz you just you have a sense in your gut and knowing oh, I just feel a bit uneasy or my heart's racing a bit more or, you know, I feel a bit sweaty. So you've really got to be aware of what's happening to your body at all times and you'll know what's serving you and what's not if you can tune into that. So true. Well, one of the things you also talk about in the book, which I love, is around, you know, the right people. And you mentioned it earlier, having the right people, the right team around you. Community is massive. And even though we may not need a truckload of people and heaps and heaps of compliments flying our way, it's great to have an inner circle, people that can call you on your BS and also call you on your magnificence. Is that important to you? And is that part of being an entrepreneur? Because let's face it, being a business owner, being an entrepreneur can get pretty lonely at times. How do you navigate that? And how do you make friendship, that inner circle, an important part of your world? This has been massive for me, Kim, in the last three years, and it's absolutely a key part of my book. And this is probably where I went wrong for a long time. Um, And literally who you are, your top five people uh, that you hang around, literally you become. It's so true. So 
um, yeah, navigated my way around people that really saw me for who I was, that would ring me on times or remembered simple things. Um, Likewise, I do the same, you know, sending random flowers to someone who's having a bad day. And, you know, it's a two-way street when it comes to friendship and your tribe. It's not a one-way street. And it was a one-way street for me for a very long time with a lot of any relationships. And, Um, I realized that I was burning out because I was a natural giver and a natural pleaser. So now, um, you know, the navigation of moving from, you know, the one-way street to the two-way street has absolutely enhanced my life, my community, the networks I'm in, you know, being on the Sunny Coast board there, you know, with, with the tribe of women that have now become my friends. And, you know, when I first started in business, it is absolutely a very lonely place. But I took the role uh, on the Sunny Coast Business Women's Network as the membership chair for that reason to, you know, 43% of the people in that network now are solopreneurs. And my job, my my personal goal was to really help those solopreneurs to be seen, to not feel lonely, to have outlets of normalizing what it feels like in business every day. And having what I call that brain, that 3% brain where, you know, it can overthink, it can make stories, it can, you know, start to fall into a trap of self-sabotage or you can start feeling like like an outcast in your own um, family or friendship groups because entrepreneurship, in in all honesty, we're wired differently whether we like it or not. And I want people um, that are living in that that lonely place to to know that they're not alone um, and that you're actually really special humans. And so that's probably where my business coaching arm of the business has come in for that exact reason as well. Being a coach is also an incredible role in the fact that you're constantly up-leveling. You can't undo or unknow this work. And being a coach calls your accountability and your um, honesty to the forefront every single moment of every single day. How do you continuously upgrade and up-level your software so that you are the best coach that you can possibly be? Well, I'm always listening to podcasts myself. Um, And so I like the podcasts where they're quite direct, you know, Ant Middleton and and people like that. Also, just to be honest, like the tribe that I was talking about, it's, I'm a bit of a venter. So, you know, um, my team and I are very close in regards to talking about things that are happening or how could I have done this better? How could I have done that better? So I'm constantly searching um, for feedback from my clients as well as my team. So we have feedback forms. What could we do better? What could we, you know, all of that. But I think it's, um, yeah, the, the reading and the podcasts and and the conversations with other business owners and taking the time out for reflection, um, you know, and it's, and it's that self-awareness. So going, okay, um, h- how do I think I'm going? And, and check, literally just checking in with yourself. And not, not many people will even just sit back and go, geez, how is that? Could I have done better? And, um, you know, how do I think they handled that or, or even ask the question, you know, with the feedback. So, you know, I'm I'm always striving. I mean, I also have a coach. So, you know, I didn't have a coach for a year or two as I was just plateauing and, and working things out. And then I was ready to to go gun ho again. And so I employed a coach, you know, it's very expensive, but um is also uh challenging me. So bring it on, you know. I think every coach needs a coach. I think um, you know, everyone out there needs that person that they're inspired by. It might be their friend, it might be a mentor, like you know, I've got Rosie White, who's a mentor of mine, you know, and you know, we, we talk all the time and I'll call her at seven o'clock one morning and say, Rosie, this is my question. And she just 
well, Kate, what's the power of not doing it was the gold nugget she gave me uh, a couple of months ago and that transformed me. So it's having those people around you that you aspire to be that are in line with your integrity, with your morals, the way you want to do things. And when you surround yourself with people that are aligned with your values, I think no matter what gold they have to say will push you. So, yeah, surrounding yourself with that mentors. Yes, so important. We know life and business is full of ups and downs. There's never any just, it's never all one way or the other, thankfully, so that when we are going through and navigating those downs, we we can rest assured, given our life's experiences, we will come out the other side. It's very hard, though, when we're in those lows to see other people succeeding. And I'm constantly reminding myself and clients that your turn comes. You too, this too shall pass. You yourself will be there. It's about that resilience of never, ever giving up. How do you encourage people to be happy for others, even when they're not feeling it? Oh, geez, good question. I think when someone is feeling low, um, you, you get them to dive into who they are and what they like about themselves and what they represent and what's a legacy that they may want to leave and what do they want to be remembered by. And that comes through their actions and through their language and all of those things. So, you know, patience, um, just remembering one foot in front of the other. It's not a race. You know, as we talked about, patience is absolutely key. But it's just remembering well, who are you and what do you want to what legacy would you leave if if tomorrow was your last day? How would you want to be remembered? You know, in lifting someone up or or tearing someone down or, or sitting there and and you know sitting in in the poo, I guess you'd call it. Um, so everyone has a choice, and it's just holding that mirror for them and saying which which is your choice here. How do you want to be remembered? But how do you want to stand for what you stand for and go to sleep tonight knowing that you've had an impact on on your life, on, on someone else's life or, or the way that you stand up and, and deal with things. So, um, again, that mirror holding piece is, is just a big piece of, of who are you and, and what sits and aligns with you. Well, the same could be said, our family, our friends, our clients can all be mirrors as well, can't they? And as I just said before, you can't unknow this work. So doing this work also keeps you constantly in the work. But we do get challenged and triggered by other people's comments. But being a coach, I imagine for you that you can't react to those comments, but rather explore why you've reacted to them if you have. Do you see challenges and triggers as opportunities for growth? And if so, how do you navigate it when a trigger pushes your button or you're not feeling the love or you're feeling down on yourself or in comparisonitis or going through those moments? How do you keep showing up for yourself when you feel triggered? I mean, it's that self-awareness piece, isn't it? And being quiet, I'll go and have a sauna or something's coming up. I'll either ring the friend that I know is appropriate at that time. And that might be someone saying, Kate, get out of your own way or someone who needs to listen. So I'm aware enough, self-aware enough to know what friend I need at what time, which takes a lot of time to to work out. And you've got different friends for different things. But when, <clears throat> when I'm triggered, <clears throat> I feel that. And I actually have a conversation in my own head and say, okay, Kate, what's actually really going on here? Where has this happened before? What's coming up here? And and I'll, I'll sit with it and then I'll talk to my husband about it. I'll even say, oh, you know, this happened and I'm feeling like this was coming up. What's your thoughts? And I get him to then hold the mirror um, or, or go to the person that, you know, will give you what you need at that point. So, again, coming back to the self-awareness, but triggers happen, like, honestly, every single day, every single day. And it's being able to stop and reflect, which happens 
a lot faster for me now, but it's creating that, you know, like that CBT, that cognitive behavioral therapy of, of stopping and going, oh, okay, hang on, what's coming up here? I felt it. Um, and, and honestly, that word comparison, and, and I coach so many clients in this when they're doing market research, um, market research is important to find out where your niche is. But as soon as you tip into the comparison of, oh, but they are, I'm kidding myself if I can do this, all of those things, then it's quite dangerous. So it's remembering about staying on your own path and keep that uniqueness because you don't want to be like anyone else. Um, and so, yeah, again, that mirror of do you want to be like everyone else or do you want to be you? And they always say you. So it's it's just that mindset piece. But honestly, being triggered is is so like it happens every single day in our lives and it's whether or not you're ready and okay to have the real hard chat with yourself to say, oh, hang on, something's going on here. Uh, how am I going to react to this? I have two options. I either have this to go down the old path or I need to go here and challenge myself to create a different path. And if you want to go the second one, be ready to do the work. Um, if you want to be safe, sure, take the first one. But it's it's that mindset around do I take the easy path or the the challenging one um, that everyone will be faced with when it comes to a trigger? It's a choice, right? It comes back down to choice. We all know it and we all know that the easiest choice is to do what we've always done or to get angry or to lose your shizzle or to get upset or to do all of those things. All of that stuff's easy. The hardest part is to handle it with courage and grace and strength and dignity and kindness and self-compassion like you say, that takes work. That's where the work lies. But anything that feels uncomfortable is an opportunity to expand on that uncomfortableness until we become consciously competent so that we're not doing it unaware and we're doing it with real power and volition and we trust ourselves. Is there anything you do when it comes to um, keeping the mind, the monkey brain, the, the chatter, the the constant voices that can show up? Like you said, if you get interrupted sleep, it's it's really tough for you to get back to sleep. Well, is there any sort of rituals or self-love or self-care things that you do for yourself to keep that at bay or to keep that under wraps? Yeah, look, again, I have, you know, those one or two people that know um, you know, you've always got a few of those people like your husband or or a couple of really close friends that know that integral piece or weakness, if you want to call it, you know, because um, everyone's got weaknesses. But, I, you know, I've got a few strategies in place now, which, you know, the, the chatter doesn't happen as much because I do love who I am as a human. And, again, that takes time. And there's a big line, um, and this is a whole other conversation, between confidence and arrogance. There is absolutely a line. And I've had many people say, oh, you know, is that arrogance? I'm like, actually, there's a difference between being okay and confident with who you are and then big noting yourself. And, th- and there's a fine line there, which, you know, I could talk about forever, but one of the strategies I ask myself, and I hope that your listeners can take, if there's stories that are going on in your mind, it's bringing it back to one question, and that is where's the evidence? Where's the evidence that this story is real? And nine times out of ten, it's actually not. It's just the trigger. So that will bring me back every single time very, very quickly. Um, and if there is evidence there and I'm not sure, then I do that beautiful word called curiosity. So I get curious about it then or I'll ask um, you know, a question and and that's again part of who I am is that honesty and upfrontness. And, you know, if something I'm a bit curious about or it's not sitting right, then I'll I'll go there and have the honest conversation. And and if 
people are uncomfortable with that, then that's okay. I'm probably not their person because the people that are around me go, oh, cool, thanks for asking. No, I actually meant it like this or I was doing that. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool, sorry, just needed to sort that out. Actually, no, I don't even like using the word sorry, I should say, but because you shouldn't be sorry around the people that know, like, and trust you and adore you and, and respect you. But it's just that, oh, you know, thanks for helping me along the way. That's parked and I move on because we don't have the capacity, especially as entrepreneurs, to have that uh, storytelling or overthinking or, um, you know, rent-free space in our head, as I call it. So um, massive power to the people that are around you to be able to um, respect and help you and without judgment and love you unconditionally. I'm loving this so much. Um, I want to check in then. Let's let's talk about your actual business, the people that you work with. Tell us, let's do a big promo for your beautiful Kate Langford career and business consulting. Can you tell us about your business in case there's someone listening to this that goes, she is the woman that I need? Well, as I said, two businesses start with the business side. Um, So Kate Langford Business Consulting. So we help people to leave their corporate career or maybe they're a solopreneur, got one or two people and they're wanting to scale that but can't get the leads or haven't got their market right or, um, you know, are kind of just floundering and and just going round and round in circles. So I help really bring in the nuts and bolts and, and teach you, you know, what you don't know. You know, you don't know what you don't know when you start business. So I help people to do that one on one and also a group program for a year. Um, and then my other business is Kate Langford Career Consulting. So we help career changers to be able to identify their passion and work out what that they could be doing in their career uh, without taking a pay cut, loving their job again, um, finding the ideal industry, culture, the right boss, um, right through to resumes, career confidence, LinkedIn profiles, interview coaching, all of those things and various programs. So you can go to the website. It's katelangford.com.au um, and there'll be a business and a career services page on there. And also got my book, which um, teaches all of these things in a lot more detail. Um, or not, not so much teach, but just share my experiences and gold nuggets as well that you can download. Um, and that's called Have Your Cake and Eat It Too. And that's on the katelangford.com.au uh, website slash shop where everything that you can um, get is on there so or we do 20 minute chats as well for business and careers so if you do want a free chat with me or my team uh, you can jump on the website and find us there Uh, look I think it's so worth it and definitely having these conversations key thing you just said then we don't know what we don't know and whilst passion and excitement and a desire to help people or to solve a problem or to be the business owner and entrepreneur That's all very good and well, but if you don't know what it takes to do this, many end up on the pathway, as you mentioned for yourself, to burnout. Is there anything that you would say is a sure sign of burnout? And is that something that is really important to you to ensure that that beauty and that magic that you want to share with the world is not burnt out? I think that some of the signs of burnout, I think, whilst I haven't actually been there, I've been close. So um, some of those signs include, you know, the withdrawing from family or friends without realising it. You don't get excited anymore. You're starting to feel like you're forgetting things. You're just getting up to do the job, do what you do, do what you know, do the same routine, nothing excites you, go to bed, eat the same things, where you've just lost that purpose and of excitement in, in life because, you're just getting done what you have to and and you're losing that that um 
you know, those present moments of joy. I think joy being eliminated from your life is is a, is a sure sign of burnout. Um, and some of the ways to, to get around that is, first of all, just getting the help, getting either a psychologist, a counsellor, or even a coach, depending on what you're doing and finding the right human that you connect with. So, for example, you know, if you don't like the mirror or you're kind of just still a bit nervous or on edge, then I'm probably not right for you, right? Because I'm a bit of a a gutsy kind of rip the Band-Aid off sort of person. But find people that connect and get you um, and and first start with, you know, ha- have have the cry, you know, do the cry, sit in the poo for a bit, but it's getting back out Um and getting up and doing something about it and it's always a choice and when you start blaming or deflecting then you you're on a path of not helping yourself so just being aware of staying uh in that place of of wanting to make a change so um it takes guts it it takes patience it takes perseverance but if you really want the best life possible then go and get it because it's it's yours to take didn't know what they wanted to do what if they're sitting there going I'm not in the job I want to be in I'm not doing I'm a mum I'm so busy I'm a a dad that's just having to bring the money in and if I do this it's going to put such pressure on the family don't even know what it is I want to do but I know I don't want to do this Mm. is there a starting point you take people through to find out their why or their purpose yeah, so first of all, you would book that 20-minute chat with my team from the website and we would have a chat with you and find out where you're at, have a look at your resume, uh, find out what it is that you're needing, and then we have different things that that can help you with. But the first piece of the puzzle is always if you're wanting to know what you should be doing is that career coaching element, and we do that before anything. So by the end of that session, you'll find out what it is that lights you up, what frustrates you, what type of boss, what type of industry, and it's very much person-centered. So it's like you can actually, you don't have to take a pay cut to change jobs, and it's such a myth. People think, oh, I can't really just love my job, and it's amazing, Kim, how many people literally think it's not possible to love your work and get paid the same or more. Like it's just such a myth and so we've busted that right up you know we've had someone get a job on the chase you know like as a questions person it's you know we've had people get 40k pay rises or completely change industries but we give you the how and that's done through the resume and how you sell yourself and all those things so it's absolutely doable um, and that is what we do which is why our business is is going so well because we solve that question of you know what should I do and and how do I get there so we dive right in there in a person-centered approach, not a tick and flick approach. It's very much what have you done? What lights you up? What do you talk about on weekends? You know, what is it that you're naturally good at that you don't even realize others aren't? So it's diving into that natural genius zone because we've all got one. Um, and some people turn that into a business, which I help, and other people, they just want to work for someone else. But either way, it's tapping into, you know, your your unique ability and, and working out what that is. And it's very hard to do it yourself. And that's why obviously we do that for others because by the end of it, you sit there and go, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that I've actually been sitting on it my whole life, but I just didn't think I could make it a career or, or a business. So powerful. Out of all the modalities then, once someone does have this call with you and they've got their business cranking and all of this, it's to, to many of us, it's like there's Instagram, there's Facebook, there's LinkedIn, there's TikTok, there's YouTube, there's so many platforms. You seem to have a real focus on the LinkedIn side of things. Is that because it is seen as the corporate platform? And if so, what's so good about it? 
So it really does depend if we're talking business and where your where your people are hanging out. So for example, in my career side of the business, we mainly work with people 60, 70, 80K up to about half a million dollar salaries that are in those corporate jobs. And they're the ones that are probably getting most stuck. And they're the ones that, are, believe it or not, are lacking the most confidence because they've only done what they know and they don't think they can do anything else. So that's where our people are hanging out. And that's why we would go there in regards to business. Then you've got, you know, if you're more of a creator, or a younger demographic type business, you might be more on Instagram. Um, If you're a little bit on the older, like maybe 35 to 50, but not so much corporate, then that's where you're looking at Facebook. Um, TikTok, I don't have, I don't know how to use it. (laughs) I'm not techie, but again, I know the people that we're trying to work with aren't there. So it's really about knowing, well, where does who A is your target market? B, where would they be hanging out? And C, what kind of language? B, what type of frustrations? You know, E, what is it they actually want? And so that's what we help people with is really to strategize in business. Um, what does that look like? Because there's a lot behind the scenes that goes on before you even, you know, kind of get out to that. But LinkedIn in general um, is definitely going a lot stronger. Um, it is like the social media to Facebook. However, it's for people that don't want all of the stuff and actually just want to get ahead in life in their career and actually interested in intellectual conversations or articles um, is is the place to be. The colour red looks mm. incredible on you and your red lips, the cover of the book, everything that red, even your website. What is the meaning behind that for you? Uh, look, it's it's the no fluff, no BS approach, Kim. Um, I'm I am a straight shooter, and I'm you know we are about ripping that bandaid off, um, that impact. That hey, if you're ready to change, where your people. If you're not, then that's okay. You're just not ready for us yet, and and that's fine. So, I, I am bold. I am um, you know my team as well, where, where the no fluff, we, when we talk to clients, we go, look, just so you know, before we dive in, we are no fluff. We are upfront. Are you okay with that? So look, red just evolved itself. Um, it felt great. It's a bit of a power color, uh, but it is more about that brand of, um, you know, integrity, honesty, mirror holding. Um, yeah. That carries through our business. I just wanted to make note of it so that when people look you up, they will definitely get (laughs) this beautiful no fluff, but also to the point with a real heartfelt essence underneath it all as well. And that's what I really want to thank you for all the work that you do, the love and care that you put out there to the planet, but also while still being an amazing wife, friend and mama bear. Final message for our self-love podcast listener. These people are out there. They love listening to stories. They love hearing people's comeback and how they work through things, what they've got to offer. But if there was something to turn around to this beautiful listener and to give them a final message, maybe even incorporating your favorite quote in there, how would you want to leave them feeling after hearing you speak? Honestly, it's it's a few words and it's nothing changes if nothing changes. You know, that's a quote that I've seen, heard, I say a lot in a lot of my coaching is it's up to you. It is all up to you as an individual. There is a lot of coaches. There's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of things that you can do and change. The world is massive, but ultimately nothing will change unless you want it to change. So it it all comes down to that power of choice. Um, Do you dive off the cliff or do you stay on there and stay safe? So nothing changes if nothing changes. I love it so much. And you are not someone to stay safe on the cliff. And I I almost look at you and think, no, no, jump, jump off the cliff. You'll find your wings on your way down. That's the best way to look at it. (laughs) 
I just love you. I'm very proud of you. It's so nice to be a part of the Sunshine Coast Network with you here and from a distance, always witnessing, watching, observing, and really fueling my own passion for business, love, and life uh, is definitely a place that I love to be and witnessing all that you gift. Thank you so much for everything you do, but also for spending this hour with us and taking the time to share your beautiful messages with the Self Love Podcast listener. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really beautiful. I think you're amazing with what you do as well, and it's a privilege to be here. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family and head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.